0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We are going to move to look at the significant stories of the week, and we're doing that with John Lee, executive editor of DMG Ireland, and Moore Duran, presenter and journalist. And one of the ones that is making the news today is I suspect it is unsurprising in its general thrust, but surprising in the underlying statistics. The amount of parents. Who are struggling with childcare difficulties. John, the the um Amory Walsh in the Indo Reporting, almost one in three parents have either left a job or refused to accept a job because they can't get childcare to allow them to take it up. That's fairly extraordinary, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, Moore and I were discussing this outside. I think it's a it's a reflection, obviously, of the um substantial change in society where two most a lot of households have two parents working. So uh, her key fact is that one in three have left jobs. Come around right to that, Michael. Jennifer, thank you. One in three have left jobs because they they, they couldn't organise childcare. They've, there's a variety of reasons for that. Uh, work practices have changed, and cost of childcare provision sometimes can make it. And this has been part of the narrative. Can make it not worth your while working to pay the childcare. Mm. We've two young kids at home, five and eight, and they're almost coming out the other end of the of the really eye-wateringly expensive um childcare but it's... It, what I find with the nature of the, my, my wife's politician and I'm a journalist the nature of what we do I don't think there's any childcare I'll cover cover our hours sometimes so you know it, it, I don't know if it'll affect the choice of job because I don't think we'll ever get it. We'll ever get around that bit, that part. But the cost is is just so prohibitive. Oh, it's I
0: mean, uh, eye watering is the phrase because when before you have kids, you think well, college is going to be very expensive. Maybe private school mm-hmm. will be an option. Then you discover God, they're two years of age and I'm already paying private school fees
2: mm-hmm. simply to pay for crash. Yeah, but I think the issue is as well is to find childcare. You see, everyone says oh you, you know there's the preschool now and the government pay this and all that. But as John said, we don't all work those kind of hours. And the reality is to find a good childcare, and any childcare is very difficult. Now I am lucky I suppose right now but for years I was it's like John and I are kind of doubling each other journalist, politician when John was a TD of course my husband in Waterford. You know he was gone to the doll. I was gone to work in our tea in Cork. So we were both gone. So we had to have almost like round the clock childcare. Because yeah, if you're a yeah, TD
0: the hours are all over are. the show.
2: And he was in Dublin he was away and all that. So it was finding the person that we were lucky we did eventually. But I remember for the first year when I went back to work I was back to work when Cal was four months old I was literally leaving him overnight sometimes you know what I mean I had to because I had to stay in Cork and different things so it was just a nightmare and it was probably work was so nothing compared to the stress I endured with the childcare but I get what they're talking about in the sense of how much it costs because the reality is you just have to pay what what is needed to pay to do a job and if your job isn't paying that much money why do it? But then you have to I sometimes think the other side of it is you need your own life too and you need your job and your career and we have to try and have Well the things. career is
0: part of the thing is that if you step off even if you decide well okay economically in the short term it's worth taking the three or four years it is three or four years of a gap out of a career yeah. and all of the promotional missed opportunities that go with it and it's one thing that Derek Whelan has quoted in, in, in this story talking about the knock-on effects in the family and he says it is usually the mother that decides not to take up employment and that, of course, negatively impacts gender equality and it impacts mm-hmm.
1: the pay gap. Uh, again, we've had this discussion at home uh, about me giving up work. I, I'm, I'm joking, but... Um, I knew you were. No, the, 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 if either of us step back from, from our employee and, and we, neither is in a position where we could take a career break, for instance, where some some industries you can, that puts terrible pressure on the one person that is still in employment and it, and it puts terrible pressure on the household. For this reason, we're facing a recession... Uh, the possibility is in a household that one of those people could lose their jobs and what if it is the person that you've decided to put all your eggs in their basket. So, you know, society has changed so much the cost of living has, uh, is, is increasing all the time. So it, even if one wanted to take that risk um, in damaging their career prospects and one of you stepping back from their career, it then puts off a pressure on you on one person to, to keep their job. So, you know, I think... A lot, I, I, even then, if, if it was an option for some ha- households, it's not. Now, there were provisions in, the, in in this budget and they were kind of overshadowed by the, um, the latest budget, by the cost of living um, um, uh, payments. But even then, they showed up some of the the big flaws we have in our childcare system. Like, for instance, they've doubled the child, child benefits. So, like, it, it, there's always been calls for a greater provision of, of childcare by the state, but the state will come back and say, yeah, but we, we, we make direct
2: payments. Direct payments There's are a problem. There's also the other side though as well, problem John, when it comes to it. You know, people talk about the black economy and people talk about, you know, are you going to pay somebody cash and, you know, you shouldn't do that. But there are a lot of people out there, and this is the truth, that would not get childcare unless they paid people cash. And that is the reality because the people, the, the child, the carers, the, the people that work in this area, can't afford to be legit about this. So the reality is, what do you do when your back is against the wall? You you have to make a choice. You choose your child. You choose what you need to do at that time, and that's the reality.
0: Um, um news talk survey in the summer that we did f- had a figure around for Dublin parents because Dublin was the most expensive when it comes to childcare. The average costs uh, in Ireland twelve hundred euro a month in yeah. childcare. Now that that is well, it's probably not anymore given the way mortgages are going up as well. But that used to be a mortgage
2: payment. I yeah. would consider that that's probably lowballing it even right now in Dublin. To be honest, I think that is probably you know twelve hundred. Co- yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: While we're on the topic of uh, prices, Conor Pope in the Times has a a piece detailing that some price hikes that could be levelling off, which in theory is positive, but they're levelling off at a very high level. Mm -hmm. This is cost of living uh, impact. He says that the new normal is uh, the annual cost of a basket of 25 goods, now almost... thousand quid dearer than it was last April.
2: Yeah totally and he said this kind of 10% rise is here to stay as well and again I think that's nearly conservative. I mean I notice myself when I'm shopping and I think we do you know you go around you notice just small little things whereas before something would go up by like 10 cent now it's like 40 on some products so you know I, I just think this is a huge issue this and when you look at electricity prices gas all this coming down the line I just don't know how, how people are going to balance the books. Oh, yeah, I, I did
0: a shop yesterday and got it all in a basket. Yeah. The basket when I paid for it cost what a trolley should cost do you know it's that yeah. kind of thing of you look and think how did I manage to spend that much on a basket of goods
1: yeah well there is uh, uh, there are a couple of facts that we have that have kept us uh, unnaturally low in prices um, in recent years we've been getting cheap energy this is Europe Western Europe cheap energy from Russia and cheap goods for an awful long time of China now Russia obviously is at war and becoming an international pariah correctly so and China is now a bit ahead of us and heading towards a recession. So the and there are huge supply chain problems coming from China. So the the era of cheap goods from from the from the so called East is at an end. And I heard Leo Veracar, I can't think of the exact terminology he used to describe this, but he was discussing the cost of living and he said I, I'm I'm not sure if it's a spike, but it's a it's a more per, permanent thing. So the government is aware of this. So unfortunately the the era of, of um cheap goods from the East and that includes foodstuffs is at an end. And we I, I think we're looking at a permanent uh, hike in prices.
2: I wonder, do we need to start, you know, cooking more simply and using more simple, you know, back to basics kind of potatoes and real kind of food that you get? Because people always talk about how expensive food is in general, in the main and as you say, you know, the the trolley and all that. But back in the day, and I'm from, you know, a rural background, and I just remember... I know it's a hundred years ago since I was young, but <laughs> the reality is, anyone who grew up in like in the seventies, eighties, we just had a very basic diet, but we still had a very good diet, and we cooked everything nearly from scratch. Now I think life has changed so much, and you don't have time to do these things. Well, that's you know, the thing people say we're My mother we're time was at home, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the reality. So you have to make things quickly. But I think are we going to have to go back to that? Is this where we're heading? That we're cool. going to have to batch cook and. You know, use basic ingredients again. Well, if
1: you look at houses in in parts of Dublin, uh, the Drumcondra, these kind of places, these unfeasibly large back gardens, and that I I I I figured out that is from the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, when the world was at war, the gardens were built excessively big so people could could grow their own foodstuffs, right. and it was a very common thing in Dublin then. Uh, among the middle classes and every, everyone else. So like, you know, we, we may sometimes sneer at Eamon Ryan's um, urgings to start being a little more self-sufficient and that mm. era is probably coming. I think
2: we have to going to be, even in silly things, but you know, you're talking about that. I mean, the reality is you can grow potatoes in a bag.
0: Ah, lads! Uh, we can't be at the point of having to grow spuds and drumcondra. If we're there, we're all bunched. <laughs>
2: but, but drum project could be a great. No, I'm your... not saying if you wanted grow and
0: spuds I know that and drumcondra, paddle your own canoe. Totally. But if you're doing it out of necessity, we would have serious problems, okay, and
2: you'd never have enough and all that. But I think even more basic of what you can do, I think the reality of what John is saying is that what you can do, you can have like a tiny herb garden. You can have that. Oh, but that's apartment. what we're facing
0: in the winter: is people yeah. looking at their shopping baskets and saying, "What can I do to stretch everything?" Because everything mm. is becoming so expensive. We got a text in. Of the, um, the the childcare costs, people don't realise the cost of after school care as well. My mm. children need to go to a creche at 8.30am. They get dropped to school at nine. They are then collected from school at three by the creche. I pick them up between four and 4.30pm. This costs me 50 euro per day for the two children. Mm. And that's in Westmead. It's not Dublin prices.
2: Yeah, my goodness. And one other saying,
0: why does nobody mention that in many cases the mother wants to to prioritise her family over her career. I think that may be the case but in what the data is revealing is that there are a number of couples who are getting to the point where they have no choice and it tends to be the woman who ends up deciding to stay at home mm. even if it isn't a, a violent. choice. When kids
2: are young it. and I know you know you guys of course we all have kids here but the reality is I think that children kind of really kind of migrate. I always know even when Cal even now he's eight when he's sick he'll want me more than John. It's just a thing of just a mothering thing and as much as Maybe I you're. Are just nicer. Mark. No I'm not. Are you sure? <laughs> no. no. I, I, well I, yeah he is spoiled and I have not spoiled and it's all totally me. But I have to say I just think there's that softness of a mother and I remember as a child being that sick you know the kind of I don't know if anyone has this anymore but I remember all those things we used to get mumps and measles and all those things. You'd be there, All cured
0: by warm 7-Up yeah, yeah, and red eight, lemonade. Four,
2: seven, but also kind of motherly kind of love and kind of nurturing and caring and there's a thing that clicks in your brain and I never thought this would happen to me but it clicks into your brain that at a certain point as a woman you would give up everything and stay at home forever just to be there with your kid at those times. It just clicks in. I can't help. I don't know what it is. It just happens. That you
0: think is unique to women, not so much in men.
2: I do think it's more unique to women. I have to say, I think it's because, you know, you carry the child, all that. I think there's that thing that basically the kid needs you more at a certain point in life. And I think especially, say I can, I don't have a girl, but a boy, that there's a point where boys are really, really mummies kind of boys. And then there's a point where they will be more with the dad. Do you want to defend our gender in
1: this, John? Or are you willing Go, to acquiesce?
2: Um, I don't know. Because
1: then it would be siding um, against, <laughs> against my wife. But um, no. I mean, I'm very fortunate in that I've I've got to spend an awful lot of time with my kids as they grew up, and I and I appreciated the opportunity. But uh, I'm worn out now. <laughs> um, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say our kids when they're sick would favour their mother, but they have. You know, I admire my children in many ways. They've had a very, very kind of um, nomadic uh, lifestyle growing up. So they've they've moved around a lot to after after school care and crashes. But we agree that it's it's been extremely beneficial. I I, I think <clears throat> we're very lucky to have great crashes in North County Dublin. For their, for their development, for their, um, for their language skills, and for a bit of independence. So uh, I've actually appreciated that. Yeah, if you the can get the balance right,
0: the little bit of independence, the social interaction with other kids is no bad thing, as long as it is to the chosen degree rather than feeling, well, Just I have no option but to, to leave well, the kids. Thing
1: but it's been like expensive, and, uh, and as I say, extremely expensive. Yeah, and, it, and a
0: tech saying, I earn over 60,000 euro a year as a childminder, so uh, there, there is good economic incentive to get into it. Uh, on well, the that's food a thing, lot of
2: money. I think not regular childminders would earn 60,000. on the food
0: thing Maura buy local in season fruit and veg Irish meat and this will make a massive difference economically and environmentally you don't need French carrots and Cyprian potatoes says the text. Uh, One of the stories that is emerging this week that I want your view on is to do with refugees coming into the state. And it is Roderick O'Gorman talking about Mm. the capacity to welcome those refugees. And what he is saying, John, is that the state will not set a cap on the number of refugees because effectively it can't under European law.
1: However, it effectively has reached that cap. We are
0: at the point where there is no more room at
1: the inn. Um, And we shouldn't. And we have very vocally um supported ukraine in its in, in its in its plight but what we haven't done here is successfully dealt with a housing crisis so this is not this is not a this is only a byproduct we're on, only discussing this because our our housing situation is such a mess and i from the very start there wasn't the will or understanding i think of what what we were going to face our government for instance i remember being at the airport in march when this crisis, as in the refugee influx, exploded. And I asked Leo Varadkar, I always, I always recall that we were standing in the old terminal in, in Dublin airport, uh, which has become a de facto screening centre for, for Ukrainian refugees. And I, I asked him, is this the opportunity now to do something... Dramatic with the housing crisis, and Leo, in that endearing way that he has, and blunt way said, "Well, if there was something dramatic we could have done in the house cri- housing crisis, we'd have done it already." Mm-hmm. Meaning, mm. no. Yeah. So, th- refugees are coming into a system that is not designed to accommodate any excess because we can't we can't accommodate our own people. What happens in the near future? is hard to determine because the government don't have an answer. And there was a, 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 a Kafka-esque debate last week about how the government would do everything in its power to prevent refugees, Ukrainian refugees, uh, sleeping on the street. So they don't, they don't really have a solution. And yes. it's one of
0: those problems where there is a, a, the this, the problem as you describe is tripartite there is the refugee issue and how do we put those people up there is the housing for our own citizens and how do we put them up and there is the economic implication of being unable to take in migrant workers which we need because our Mm. economy and economic growth is based on our capacity to house them so it is the ultimate trifecta and we don't seem to be getting any closer to a solution to
2: it I think the reality I agree with John that I mean these people are fleeing a war that civilians are being targeted I mean it is a very different type of war so we can't legally or otherwise say no but as Leo Varadkar and Roger O'Gorman are both Roderick O'Gorman Gorman both admitted is that the reality is some of these refugees could be sleeping on the street soon. A quarter of our hotels now house refugees. And Leo Varadkar said, he said, no, there's no limit. While there is no limit to the compassion of Irish people, there is a limit to the capacity. And that is true. I mean, it's a finite, it's literally no room at the end scenario we're facing very, very soon here. But I mean, are they now going to have to pay more money for people to take these refugees in if they have the extra room or in their house and all that? They're going to have to do something. Because unless citizens take people in, where are they going to go?
0: Correct. And you can't end up with a situation where people are arriving here looking for help and they're being told, find a tent. Before we wrap up, because we're going to be talking about this at some length later on with both Jeffrey Archer and with um, uh, George Parker, the FD political editor, Mm -hmm. The, the political chaos in the UK. Uh, Maura, your your take on this, I mean it's hard not to just fixate on it as a spectator sport but it's very serious.
2: Well I think just during the week especially between the ker- ker- kerfuffles of people being shoved around and everyone denying they were shoved around and you know I did feel Physically sorry, shoved around, this is being pushed through around, the doors. Yes, physically. But I, I have to say I did feel sorry for Liz Truss. I felt sorry for standing there when she was giving that speech. We were just going on there on our show actually so of course we changed things around to talk about it and I was watching her literally seconds before before I went on. And I was like, God, I feel so sorry for her. Like, it's embarrassing. I, I actually was going red on her behalf. It really is just embarrassing that the short is serving, you know, for the Prime rest minister. of her life, oh, that God, will be more the thing. To, Sorry, just on a, on, a, on a human level. Who's going to succeed her? I don't know. I mean, you know, reading there today, uh, Penny Morton is like, you know, she's too woke, apparently. I mean, that's what they're saying now, so... Well, in John, in
0: John Lee, in, in your paper, Andrew Neil has a big thing saying the only way is Sunak.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, 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 Matthew Paris did a brilliant piece in this morning's Times as well about how Johnson is almost creating this um, juggernaut towards his reinstatement, but reminding people that he was convicted of a crime during um, while in mm-hmm. office for breaking his own restrictions and was essentially ousted for uh, his handling of a sexual harassment case. So. If that's where they go, then the the, the tragic comedy will be complete. The, 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 there's a there's a debate has started in the last few weeks, and I've written a column about it in my, in, the, in our paper tomorrow, the Irish Mail and Sunday, if if people want to read it about the problems that changes in how people select their leaders. Feeling sorry for um, uh, Liz Truss is neither here nor there. The question is how she is there, and she was a, she won none of the votes from the MPs. Um, to get to where she got. On all five rounds, she lost to lost Sunak and was elected by the ordinary members. And democracy of that nature, which is not really democracy, has created this problem. Indeed, and created and that's how she ended up
0: there. Where we've fought five prime ministers in a, a six-year period. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary stuff. John Lee, the uh, executive editor of DMG Media Ireland. And again, if you want to read John's column, you'll have that in the mail on Sunday tomorrow. And more, Duran, uh, presenter, journalist, and of course, on uh, the Today Show on RTE. Thank you both very much. The Anto- on Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9
1: on News Talk.